0: You're tuned in to the Restaurant Rockstars podcast. Powerful ideas to rock your restaurant. Here's your host, Roger
1: Bodwin. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to the podcast once again. You know, I'm really excited today because I'm speaking with Mr. Paul Edmondson, and he is the Vice President of Procter and Gamble Professional. And specifically, um, they have so many different products. And for such a global company to make such a big impact on the restaurant industry, especially during a pandemic, is remarkable. But as you'll see, Paul has a real passion for this business. He you know, he spent time in this business as a young person. And now it's all about people, innovation, serving communities, and serving business. So you're going to see that. What really struck me was a new product that came out of the pandemic. It's called Microband 24. And it actually kills the virus on contact within 60 seconds and has a 24-hour effect on surfaces that are frequently touched. So you're going to want to listen to that as well. So stay tuned to this week's episode. It's a big one. Listen (music) on. Welcome back, everyone. This is the Restaurant Rockstars podcast, and these are engaging topics that help restaurants build their brands, rock their profits, and deliver amazing guest service experiences. With me today, Mr. Paul Edmondson, and he is the vice president of P&G Professional. And I'd like to also thank PG Professional, Dawn Professional L- L- Dish Liquid, excuse me, for being the sponsor of this podcast and a series of them. And uh, as a restaurant owner and operator myself, Paul, I can honestly say that we use Dawn Professional and my dish guys are really happy. So it Mm -hmm. definitely works. So thanks for being on the podcast. And again, thanks for your sponsorship. Very welcome. Well, look, I normally start the podcast by asking my guests what their backstory is in hospitality, and sometimes it goes way back to when they were teenagers and they worked at a McDonald's or they were a dishwasher at a country club. It could be anything. Can you tell us what your backstory is and then how it got you to where you are today? Sure, absolutely. Happy to. Uh, Thanks again for having me,
0: Roger. Um, Yeah, actually, I moved over to the U.S. after high school, so I had a five-year plan that sort of went out the window and uh, ended up uh, moving home with my parents in New Jersey, and uh, needed a job so i did what many people do and started working at a, at a restaurant on uh, route 17 it was a bennegan's chain at the time uh i had never worked in a restaurant before or lived in the us and uh I just love the experience of uh, working with my fellow coworkers, uh, getting to meet a lot of the guests, and learned more about this country and myself than uh, I would have on any other visit. So, I started off waiting tables. I did picked up shifts, uh, prepping in the back of the kitchen. Uh, ended up being a bartender, and then went off to college uh, up in Boston. and graduated from there and started my career uh, with with P&G. So throughout college, I had many different uh, bartending jobs and and enjoyed the environment and the hospitality industry. uh, And it really impacted my life. That was that year between high school and college definitely set me on a path that I had not planned for and uh, one of the more fateful moments in life. So started in the industry then. And then uh, when I joined P&G, there was an opportunity in our food service uh, division. And when I spent a day in a field, I looked at uh, what that was all about. And just, you hear a lot about passion in the industry. And I got to interact with a lot of independent restaurant owners and felt like I could help them be successful by explaining what it is that uh, the PG Professional did. And then from there, it sort of built on uh, over the years. And now it's 30 years later. Um, I have the uh, honor of, of running the PG Professional business where we can really make an impact on uh, hotel operations, restaurant op- operations. And create opportunities for businesses to thrive, as well as great social engagement. So, uh, absolutely, have the same uh, passion for this business as I think everybody does.
1: Well, you know, that's coming across crystal clear. I can tell by the passion of your delivery and the smile on your face that this is meant to, you know, a huge part of your life. And it really started, you and I were having a conversation earlier about both going to school in the Boston area, and you'd mentioned Bennigan's. And I remember my friends and I would go to Bennigan's quite often. It was quite a popular New England chain back then. And I remember they definitely had a reputation for great service and good times. And those are what I remember. And, you know, long before I got into the restaurant business, I think I think it touches you in, in, in a unique way. And, you know, I don't need to tell anyone that restaurants and hospitality are really one of the backbones of this economy. And so many people get their start in this restaurant business. And those that stay really feel fulfilled by their careers. And I can honestly say that's true. And it sounds like the same for you. Let's, let's talk about some of your other passions. Um, aside from your vocation, and clearly there's a passion there, what do you do in your spare time? I'm sure you have a family and there are things that you like to do. What are your hobbies, Paul?
0: Yeah, well, uh, like everybody, I'm dying to get out and travel again. Um, that's yes. been my hobby. Um, my uh, I have two daughters who are, one is graduated from college, one is a teacher, and the other one is a senior in college in, uh, in a nursing school there. So uh, obviously, as they were growing up, one of my passions with them was very involved in their activities and their extracurriculars outside of work. And uh, they were both pretty good athletes. So when I knew enough to be dangerous, I would help coach them and uh, bring along uh, you know other teammates. And again, this I think it ties back to the restaurant community, uh, the restaurant idea and the industries we're in, this whole sense of the community that you live in. Uh, I, I really enjoyed interacting with other families, uh, bringing, uh, whether it's competitive sports or uh, you know, mixing with, uh, with the kids as they were in school and our friend group through, uh, from that. So very active and engaged with their activities and definitely getting older now. One of, uh, one of the girls I used to coach just accepted a job at P&G. So now you see it come. you know. Full circle. Like, Exactly. And it is um, my favorite motto. My kids make fun of me all the time for having expressions, but it's helping reach p- people reach their full potential. Uh, and that's people on my team. That's also our, ch- our channel partners and distributor partners. As we grow, we help them grow and certainly help hotels and restaurants thrive. Uh, that's a big part of my passion. So, like everybody, I think I've been putting in probably uh, more and more hours at work over the last year than I have for free time and leisure activities. Mm. So, uh, But that's been worthwhile. It's been incredibly stimulating and challenging at the same time, and I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about that. And uh, I am dying to get back on uh, onto some beaches somewhere and a golf course and uh, get back to normal a little bit.
1: Well, you know, we are nothing if not resilient, you know, as an industry. And so many restaurants, unfortunately, have succumbed to the pandemic, but so many restaurants are stronger for the pandemic, and there's everything in between. But I've noticed just in clients that I work with and just being involved with the industry in general... You know, the resiliency, the creativity, the dig deep, the don't take no for an answer, you know, failure is not an option. I mean, all those things really describe how operators have approached the pandemic and all the pivots that have happened, the business models that have shifted positively for the future that they never perhaps would have thought of had this pandemic not struck. What lessons, Paul, do you think really came from the COVID crisis? Yeah, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, the, the creativity and resiliency has been uh, just remarkable
0: and really, really inspiring. So I think um, a, a lot of people have, um, you know, growing up in England, I was a Churchill fan and you, you hear the term, never let, oh, yes. let a good crisis go to waste. Uh, I know restaurant owners and hotel operators have had to, uh, to do make some really hard calls and really tough decisions. But from that, uh, what I've been inspired by is the, is the creativity and the strength of our organizations. Uh, for PG Professional, we had parts of our business that were significantly depressed. Uh, we do a lot of business in hotels, for example, to sell Tide Professional, downy Professional. Well, right. People weren't laundering sheets as much. Uh, then we had, at the same time, we had parts right. of our business. That absolutely exploded, uh, whether it's our hand sanitizer business. Uh, we launched a new brand called Microband 24, which is a, a surface care disinfecting and sanitizing uh, product. That was a new launch, and uh, we had no real history of what we were going to need to supply, and demand went through the roof. So, all of those bring different kinds of challenges. And uh, again, it was just remarkable that, uh, to see people create new tools, new insights, new capability, and then act fast. And I think that's the thing that uh, across the industry, the speed of change, the amount of change, and the ongoing volatility of almost like new news every day. Uh, Supply chain, certainly for restaurant operators, was a challenge because Every category was impacted. Our distributors were impacted. And uh, just having that mindset and then bringing, finding new ways to create, uh, to, sorry, to connect and uh, brainstorm and collaborate with people uh, is forever changed. And, and the digital innovation that's happened, uh, we've seen it in how people order, how they shop, uh, whether it's uh, for a meal or for other goods, all of those things have, I think, accelerated over the last, you know, probably five years ahead of where they w- would have been without the pandemic.
1: Well, I think there's a lesson in what you just said because Procter & Gamble is certainly a very diversified business and the product lines extend, you know, they're really extensive product lines. And you had mentioned, okay, when, you know, tide was down then certain sanitizers were up and that's certainly a lesson for operators because I've always been a big believer in restaurants having multiple profit centers and not just selling food and drink. And perhaps if one segment is down, then you can, you know, kind of counterbalance that with other segments. So I appreciate you bringing that to us. You know... What is the only constant today? What do you see as being, you know, constant? Because change is inevitable, right?
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, that is the yeah, that is the constant, and the 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 rate and the speed of change. I think is the other um, the other key learning. The the constant, though, is I think about things that have happened that are going to stick, uh, I, I believe uh, we mentioned digital earlier. Um, obviously, that has was I was big into our, our culture and, and how we worked beforehand. Uh, And I think that's been accelerated. I think the new constant too is, and in our industry in particular, when we look at cleanliness, it's always been important. Restaurant operators will always say, uh, we've got lots of data, we do lots of research with consumers, people will go to a restaurant for the food, they will return if it was clean. Uh, and that's always been that's technomic data that that industry uh, uh, knowledge is commonplace, but now it's even more important. Uh, and to to assure guests and the staff, quite frankly, that they're having a, they're going to have a safe experience and a great experience is more important than ever. So, um, it looks like you
1: had a follow up question? I wanted to pause. Well health and safety is kind of the new normal. And it seems like those operators that are really hyper focused on providing safe, healthy experiences for their customers are really winning the business right now because consumer confidence obviously hit an all time low. People just sort of shut themselves in when the pandemic first announced and then people got kind of tired of it. And then you could see that those quick serve restaurants or those that did the to go business immediately started getting re busy and they captured all of the the local market share and yeah. then as government restrictions got released and restaurants could then start filling their seats again people would gradually come back and we're not there yet but we're a right. lot farther down the road than we were 6 months ago and there's so much optimism now about the future and i can see that you know obviously p&g is very optimistic about where this is going and you're seeing increases and at some point you know i was recently having a conversation with a, a food service supplier that i work with extensively and their business is up significantly this quarter across the country. So it's awesome that that optimism is there because that's fueling consumer confidence. People want to get back to restaurants and hotels. And again, those that are taking the precautions and not dropping the ball with the safety and and making sure their customers are comfortable are really winning that business.
0: Yeah, Roger. I think for for businesses that rely on seated diners, this mm. this health and safety thing is particularly important. They were disproportionately hurt with the shutdowns. Um, a lot of customers were very creative and pivoting and figuring out to go menus. Um, but I think this is where the cleaning and safety really comes in because I've I've been reading everything. You know, sales are back up, but there's still a lot of delivery. Seated diners are still down, mm, and that's if that's true. an important part of your profit mix, if you're counting on selling dessert or beverages along with the, just the food um, you know packaging and delivering is expensive to, to go out the door too and to deliver it is costly so as i think about the bottom line for a restaurateur if a seated diner is a really important part of your your business model and your plan this is where i believe the, the health and safety things uh, really play in we did some research last uh, um, spring we're doing it again right now around consumers if they know what procedures are being taken and that brands they know and recognize and trust are being used, they're 58% more likely to go and visit that business. So there's always been a direct correlation between cleanliness. Now it's even more important to, to signal that back. I think the other thing that's really important, too, is labor. You talked about what's the constant. We've been talking about you know, labor mm-hmm. challenges in this industry oh, yes. forever, right? Uh, we always want to find more productive ways to clean, uh, different ways to, to make the menu simpler, uh, to run the drive-through, whatever it is that you're working on. Um, but retaining labor and actually getting labor back into restaurants now, I believe, is, is one of the biggest challenges that I'm hearing it about. Is. There's still millions of people that haven't come back, and yet operators have people lined up at the door, literally, uh, yes. to pick up orders. So when it comes to a part of the operation, you know, making the task of cleaning as safe and simple and as effective as possible so that people um, don't have to spend too, l- too much time cleaning. You want to do it right, um, but they also want to be, have a smile on their face so they can greet their guests, have a little bit of banter with a coworker. Uh, and that's one of the things that p Professional really focuses on, which is how do we make cleaning as simple as possible, reduce the number of items that you need to, to clean a restaurant with, brands that you know and trust. Thank you for calling out uh, Dishwashers Across America earlier in your opening comments around, uh, you know, Dawn does a great job. So you can clean 58% more pots and pans with Dawn than competitive products. So let's not spend too much time there. Let's get it done right the first time so that it's an enjoyable work experience for your staff because you need to retain them and, and have them come in, uh, but also so they can can do their best job to uh to have a smile on their face as they're greeting guests and, and working with each other
1: yeah keeping your staff happy is probably number one right now because as you mentioned you are absolutely correct labor challenges right now are the biggest problem that operators are having across the country doesn't matter where you are and you know there's a number of reasons for this i mean the government was helping operators survive with the you know the paycheck protection program but on the other hand it was sort of counteracted by the unemployment that the federal government was kicking in and people have either left the industry or they were staying home and getting paid to do so And now, as you mentioned, the summer season is upon us and business is really, really starting to pick up and a lot of restaurants are short-staffed. So keeping the people you do have happy and making them more productive and not working, working smarter, not harder is definitely the way to go. And it sounds like the products that you do are designed just to do just that. Exactly, exactly, yep. Guys, take it from me, from one operator to another, I'll tell it to you straight. Nobody likes greasy pots and pans and I want to keep my dish guys happy. So we upgraded to Dawn Professional Pot and Pan. Dawn Professional cleans 58% more pots and pans per sink than our old soap, the so-called leading competitor. Less dish soap means fewer sink changeovers and a happier dish crew. Try Dawn Professional in your place. It's clean, upgraded. So let's talk about innovation because, you know, the COVID crisis really made people pivot made people look to the future not so much about what was happening now it's like okay what am i going to do now that's going to have a greatest impact one on my survival and then two how am i going to be a stronger business down the road when this whole thing is over and innovation in so many areas has driven that what have you seen yeah i've seen a lot i
0: mean in the industry again and i'll share a couple of examples from us but uh, in the industry um, you know, the whole, again, I mentioned digital, but specifically, if you think about the QR code and the digital menu, uh, nice. that has become uh, pretty well adopted. I think it depends, actually, I was on a, a IFMAR Coex uh, conference last week, and there was a great presentation around the role of digital in the industry. And uh, it's definitely a little bit segmented by generation, but overwhelmingly, uh, consumers have, were really adopting the, the idea of a digital menu and using a QR code. So if that was a thing that has become, quote, the new normal, imagine how much further you can take that technology by providing great visuals of your food versus just relying on uh, something on the menu that's printed. You can really now go to the next level and help people visualize that and, um, Sometimes I look at something on the menu. I'm like, I, w- I have no idea what that is. Um, but now you right. could you could really change that experience, and that can also help drive mix and profit and uh, and your and your sales moving forward. So, again, just one example of uh, of great innovation uh, from the uh, uh, the the industry itself. I think a lot of manufacturers have innovated. Uh, a lot of the packaging innovation. Uh, it's not something that P and G is a part of, um, but I really admire and respect a lot of the work that's being done to reassure when food is delivered. How, what's a signal again? that it's safe, that it's, that it's fresh. How do you keep that food tasting as good as you can as if it were an in-room in experience? So I have a lot of respect for the innovation that's been going on in the industry from, from other manufacturers. Uh, the one I'm particularly proud of for us, I'll just quickly mention, is uh, we launched a product called Microband 24, which offers 24-hour residual sanitization against bacteria. Also kills the COVID-19 virus uh, in 60 seconds as well. That's a product, actually, that we had launched in the professional channel uh, several years ago, uh, but it 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 was launched in our retail division uh, right before the pandemic. With a lot of uh, advertising and sales on that, have just skyrocketed. Amazing. So uh, where that really plays in, though, is obviously the the, the benefit of um, sanitization is important. But again, we mentioned labor earlier, and if you've only got so many time to clean a surface, and maybe there's certain surfaces you only get to once a day don't you want to know that that's protected and sanitized for 24 hours, even with multiple touches? Mm-hmm. So whether it's in the, a door handle or in the bathroom or, you know, not those high visible areas, you right. want, obviously we're right. cleaning tables all the time, uh, but there are many other surfaces in a, in a facility, in a hotel or a restaurant that you want to make sure are safe. This is a way you could do it with one quick spray, let it dry, walk away, and you know that it's covered. So that's just an example of some some breakthrough innovation that uh, that we brought to the market as well.
1: I'm hearing a competitive advantage here in marketing for, you know, for restaurants out there and it all comes down to communication. You know, we've we've touched on the health and the safety aspects of things, but if you take if you keep those things in mind, there's also the the challenges that restaurants have gone through and we found in our own operation that communicating in every takeout order with the consumer, not only about the challenges we're going through, thanking them for every bit of business that they're providing, but then also telling them about what pains we've been taking to keep them safe. And I think that if you clearly communicate that on social media and dropping a little note card, I mean we've we in hand signed every one just to give it the personal right. touch, but every yeah. bag that's left in the last year has literally had a personal note, just thanking the customer, explaining the situation, you know, appreciating their business and telling them this is what we're going through, this is what we're doing to keep you safe and healthy. And people have really responded and appreciated that. So, simple uh, yes. thing, but...
0: You know? No, it's so important, Roger. And especially, you know, the independent restaurants. I would drive down the street to my local uh, favorite restaurant and, and and did carry out for, you know, probably once every couple of weeks, because people want to support them. But when you realize what, what a personal touch that is and do a That's, handwritten note, you know, that means the world to your guests and to your customers. And uh, we also have offered uh, similar support with customers. Uh, customers. We, we launched what we call a Clean Plus uh, Experience which can, can be an integrated part of a, uh, a customer's theme, Or it can stand on its own two legs. So I'll give you a quick example. Great Wolf Lodge was shut down for a long time. You know, the Great Water Park uh, concept, which has multiple restaurants inside, Mm -hmm. uh, as they reopened, they wanted to reassure their guests that they were going to have a great, safe experience. And they had their own core pledge program. um, But nestled under that, they uh, leveraged um, our brands as a sign of reassurance, almost like a halo effect of, you know, these are brands that you know and trust and you would use in your home. And that's just another way to commercialize everything that we're doing because we absolutely have to get credit for that work Um, and and it will uh, lead to people coming back
1: and then that repeat business that's so important. I'm really fascinated by the science and the R&D behind all this. Like, can we talk a little bit more about that Microband 24 initiative and what goes into figuring out that this literally kills the virus, you know, in 60 seconds and that it's got that 24-hour protection. And it seems like a perfect thing to put, like you said, on all the constantly touched places, the tabletops, the door handles to the bathrooms, like all those things, like... How long does it take to figure this out that one, it works, that <laughs> two, it provides all these advantages, and three, it gets rolled out after testing in time to protect restaurants and their consumers? Well, it, uh, it, it
0: takes a lot. Uh, there's obviously a lot of science behind <laughs> sure, that. Gotcha. And there's also a lot of um, work with the EPA. And I think that's that's been an incredibly mm-hmm. interesting area too, because we want to make sure that what we're promising is, is accurate and reliable and uh, absolutely delivers on that promise. So there is a... Um, uh, we, we probably could fill up a whole podcast talking on the science and technology behind uh, behind the different products, but the, uh, the invention is critical, uh, but it starts off by being grounded, again, in consumer insights, uh, helping people really understand uh, or understand what the tensions are, uh, both for the consumer as well as for the operator. And when you have uh, deep insights into what the tensions are, then you formulate we test we retest we, do, we can do a lot of fast concept testing now digitally which is great uh to iterate to make sure that the claims that we're talking about resonate uh and then obviously there's the whole regulatory process especially when you're talking about you know EPA registered uh, registered
1: products let's talk about you personally um at P&G you were you told me that obviously you and your colleagues had to really dig deep during that time, and people put in long hours just really you know, researching and, and making sure that the marketing and the communication and everything that goes into you know, getting behind the products and telling your consumer, your end user those products what it's going to do for them. What did you find most challenging during this time, uh, during the pandemic, and then what did you find most rewarding during this time?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. And by the way, I think everybody in the world has been working incredibly hard, right? So, um, for, for our team, some of the challenges was, um, Dealing again with the volatility, especially in supply chain. So uh, the biggest challenge. We actually fared very, very well. We weren't perfect. Uh, we saw you know big surprises in terms of uh, demand, as I mentioned earlier. Some areas went through the roof. Some areas went to almost nothing uh, overnight. And so uh, with that, you know the tried and true skills of great collaboration, uh, getting great insights. And uh, I think an area we've improved on is getting better forecasting from our partners to know kind of where their business is, so that we can plan. Uh, accordingly, so what took us away from our day job was just the massive volatility. Uh, our first priority at p and g was to take care of our employees to keep everybody safe uh, to keep everybody healthy because in order to meet our customer obligations, we needed our lines running, our plants running, our trucks being delivered, everything so we called it we focused on make. Pack and ship. Uh, all of that supply chain work on the front end was critical. Some of our suppliers were disrupted, um, and so that became a very, very big effort. Um, you know, a huge distraction. Um, but we, thanks to a lot of hard hours and a lot of great collaboration and work, we uh, were able to really d- uh, meet on our deliver on our. Our, uh, our obligations and our needs. At the same time, we were able to focus on the important choices and changes that we needed to make uh, on our business and keep some of the more strategic work uh, moving forward. So that was one of the uh, joys, I guess I would say, of the, uh, of the pandemic, just seeing the incredible resiliency and the determination of the team and sticking to the plan, uh, despite all of the, uh, the noise that was coming out, uh, at us at, the, at that time.
1: Yeah. You know, multiple industries obviously have reported supply chain shortages and delays in getting the end product to the consumer. And that obviously raises the price of those products and all that. I mean, that's just supply and demand of basic economics. But wow, it sounds like you fared better than some industries. We may have,
0: Um, you know, it's hard hard to say, I will say, um, you know, again, P&G as a a large multinational company, company, Mm -hmm. when we needed, we do benefit from the scale of our organization. So when it comes to, if it was ethanol supply for hand sanitizers or simple things like spray bottles where there's a shortage, you know, uh, we we typically have long lasting and deep uh, relationships with suppliers there. And and I think that helped us through it. We weren't perfect uh, by any means. And so for anyone listening to this podcast, I know we've had some challenges, uh, as everybody has, but uh, we're also seeing a very, very good recovery, and we feel great about our ability What the surge that we hope is coming here uh, from the business. We've beefed up inventory. We've hired uh, multiple people in the organization. We've uh, added capacity on, on multiple supply chains So because we also fundamentally believe that the cleaning category has transformed and changed. So, these aren't just short-term measures. These are things that are going to continue to help us in the long term as well.
1: Yeah, whether you're huge like Procter & Gamble or just a small independent restaurant, it really does come down to trust and relationships. I mean, that really drives our industry forward for sure. And it's also about, you know, how you treat your customers. And that's the trust and the relationship thing. So it really just trickles down from the top. I mean, it's just so much a part of this business. And that's one of the reasons why we're passionate about it. You know, it's people get together for food and drink for family, for friends, because it's a relationship thing. And it's breaking bread. And it breaks down international barriers. It's something that, you know, the world shares. And you're such a huge part of that. So I'm glad. Let's talk about the status of this industry moving forward, and I know no one, yourself included, has the crystal ball. But what do you see? What do you see today, and what do you think the timeline is before the industry kind of regains and even exceeds where it was pre-pandemic? Yeah, yeah, that's uh,
0: again. I probably have I've, I've followed this closely and have read up a lot. Obviously, we've talked earlier about we're seeing strong restaurant recovery first we do see that channel is coming back uh the fastest especially as vaccinations become more common uh there's a lot of pent-up demand out there people do want to get back together again and break bread and uh be with their friends and families and celebrate you know 21st birthdays and weddings and whatever it is that we haven't been able to do so i think the restaurant business will come back very quickly the qsr segment you know obviously favored uh, sorry, um, weathered the storm better than most. Yes, absolutely um, right. And we've, we work with several of those customers, and, and we've seen that in our results with them. So the higher-end dining and those other elements where it was really hard to pivot have, have been have been hurt. We think there's a big demand for that, though, too, um, and that we expect that to come back uh, fairly quickly, but probably a little bit of a lag. Um but uh, I think restaurants will come quicker. Hotels are gonna be a little bit of a longer burn. I'm seeing a lot of positive uh, press around occupancy uh, returning to high levels, driven mostly by the leisure segment at the moment. Uh, I mentioned earlier, we're dying to get out and travel again with family and, and the like. Um, and then business bookings, what I've read are coming back. There, there were a number of, you know from, from a business standpoint, if you've got a long lead time for a conference or a, a year-end meeting or whatever you might be going for, people have probably been canceling those for uncertainty um, but we're starting to see those bookings come back and then probably the cruise line and the leisure industry will be one of the, the longer ones with a, again a longer lead time on booking uh, to fully recover so um, but we think that by this summer most of the restaurants are will be certainly be back from a sales standpoint probably will vary by segment but in totality um, we're very bullish on the uh, the industry uh, returning to sort of 2019 levels and then it's going to be interesting to see the mix and um, of, of the business in there
1: what you said really sort of, well, I want to share a story that really inspires me. You talked about some of the higher end restaurants really being challenged with pivoting. So let's see, just before the pandemic hit in, I live on the coast of Maine, um, just you know, north of Portland, Maine and whatnot. And a new high-end restaurant came into an old warehouse space, spectacular location. It's an old mill with a water wheel and the river goes by and it used to be power, you know, hydroelectric power and all that kind of stuff. And the windows, you know, floor to ceiling windows kind of look out at the waterfall that powered the wheel and just such an amazing setting. So this new restaurant came in just prior to the pandemic and it was called the Garrison and it's a chef owned restaurant. You can tell that the guy, he also has a cake catering operation that was also affected by the pandemic but he opens this brand new restaurant months before the pandemic hits obviously no one saw it coming and then he was immediately forced to close i mean what a heartbreaker that was so this person immediately shifted to 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 his to his part screen and started doing movie nights for families and he totally used the kitchen and instead of all these high end chef you know Beautiful, delicious food. He turned it into this burger concept burgers, fries, and shakes in the parking lot with a movie screen. And that was so successful that he opened up a location on Main Street in my town. His high end restaurant still hasn't been able to open, but he rented a space that, uh, you know, another place went out of business. And now he's doing this booming business. Now he's open for breakfast and then he's doing the lunch and dinner with the burgers, shakes, and fries thing. And it's right down the street from the middle school, the elementary school, and the high school. So the kids are constantly constantly. constantly on that street corner, getting all the great stuff. And that is just such an inspiration to what is possible if you don't give up, whether you've got a high-end restaurant or not, and you think, hey, I just can't pivot. You can always find some way to pivot, you know, without giving up. So I'm glad yeah. you brought that up because it just inspired that story. And, and we've loved watching this person succeed during the pandemic yeah. and we've certainly supported them. And it's one of my kids' favorite places to go. Oh, sounds so, incredible.
0: So, and when yeah. I visit my daughter's back in Boston, I got to take a run up there and, uh, and check it out. But that, you know, Roger, that is such an inspiring story because um, to me, you you know, we hear a lot of buzzwords around growth mindset, right? Around looking mm-hmm. for the future, right. what needs to be true to make things happen. And um, sometimes, you know, people have been afraid to try new things or fear of failure well, when you're faced with a pandemic, this is what I mean about letting don't let a good crisis go to waste. I mean, you've almost got nothing to lose, right? And then it's amazing when you step out yes. a little bit with a growth mindset, you try something different, as entrepreneurial as that gentleman did, uh, and you know people are rooting for you to succeed and, and they want to see you do well as well. So um, that, that is a one of the, you know, it's a great example of, of using that growth mindset. And part of me ho- hopes that we keep with this sense of urgency, this sense of, crisis mindset in a responsible way moving forward because from that can come true breakthrough and innovation. And, you know, we want to get back to normal. You hear that a lot, but there's some things I'm like, we should be thinking about things fundamentally differently. And um, I think there's opportunities there, but do it in a way that you don't get burned out and uh, you have a bit more uh, security under your feet, I
1: think. Well, no one can see around corners, but we really want to train ourselves to try. If anything, the pandemic has taught us that the unexpected really is around the next corner, and those that are going to be successful are those that sort of damage control before something happens, put systems in place in the restaurants. And then getting back to the whole labor thing, I'm a huge believer in staff training. You know, in all of my restaurants, training was really the cornerstone of the business. And the word empowerment really comes to mind because I am, you know, we empowered our team to think and act like owners and to come up with their own unique ideas and they were recognized and rewarded for that. And now, more important than ever is empowering your staff to brainstorm, help us with ideas. What do you think of this? Does anyone have a crazy idea that could really, really work? And I think a lot of the industry has seen that because a great idea can come from anywhere in the Absolutely. business.
0: Whether you're in the back washing the dishes or on the front serving a, a guest and they get an idea for a menu idea. I
1: couldn't agree more. What challenges, Paul, do you see restaurants and operators facing in the months ahead and how they find a balance between spending and capital improvements and investments and all those things? I mean, it really is a balance to know, you know, budgeting is very, very important and you know, not overspending, being very, very considerate on what you buy and, and being more efficient than ever. But what do you see there?
0: That's a great question. I think um, there's been so much effort focused on revenue as it needed to be, right? Because you need to have the cash coming in to to keep the the, the fixed costs um, mm-hmm. covered and, and keep your staff and literally keep your doors open and, and pay the rent, et cetera. Uh, I think as we, as we start to uh, tackle more of the top line uh, challenge, now it becomes down to how do I deliver uh, the sustainable uh, profits so that I can reinvest back in my business or expand to a second location? And I think there's, uh, that's an area that's going to continue to shake out. Uh, I think it will, will take really continued due diligence to make sure that um, with all the changes that have been made, we truly understand uh, what the costs are on the business and uh, what the implications of that are to the business model moving forward. So, That's an area that will be dynamic. It's an area where I think as suppliers to the restaurant industry, we have an obligation to help restaurants be profitable. And so finding solutions that simplify labor whether it's a new cut of broccoli so that you don't have to spend as much time chopping broccoli, Mm -hmm. or or if it's a new way to clean something, um, that's what the manufacturer community is here to do to help our restaurant operators uh, succeed and to help our distributors succeed. We need to continue to simplify uh, operations and make things as turnkey as possible. Um, We talked about labor, obviously, earlier before, so I don't want to repeat that, but your comment around empowering the organization is really important. And I've also been hearing a lot about Instead of having specialists in the restaurant, you need more generalists. And you may have had someone that was really good at doing one thing, and that was their task. But when you're short on labor, you literally have to be become a bit of a jack of all trades. Uh, and that can be incredibly empowering. But that's also where, as a manufacturer community, it's our job to uh, to innovate and think about ways to help people to multitask and do different things across the across the business.
1: And you're not just selling products. I mean, you're offering real solutions to business owners and operators and there are programs in place and there's education and communication and all these things are best practices, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. Now, you have a lot of brands that are literally brand instantly recognizable names that people know and trust, consumers know and trust. And, you know, Dawn Professional certainly is one of those. And it's funny because it's often where you know, someone will come up to a dish guy because they need a cleaning solution and they'll say, hey, where's the Dawn? You know, they won't say, hey, where's the dish liquid or where's this? They will literally say, hey, can I borrow the Dawn from you and all that kind of stuff. And since you've been, uh, you know, involved in this and since we set this podcast in motion, I've been hearing that more and more. So I think the power of a brand is so important, but it's not just Marketing dollars spent behind it, it's true solutions that you offer, it's innovation that creates a better quality product, and then it's the educational programs and the support that you offer the operator. All those things kind of come into play. Can we, I don't want to ask any secret formulas here in case any of your competitors are listening, but what is it about Dawn Professional that makes it work so well?
0: Well, it's that grease cutting technology, right? So it's uh, we know how powerful it is on a on a on a on a um a, a greasy um greasy surface uh, where you may have uh, deep fried some chicken and you've got to clean up uh, the pots and pans uh, behind that. But it's also that um, you know uh, the molecules. I'll give you a little bit of uh, it's probably not yeah, patented technology, but you know the molecules a little is a little larger, very effective on cutting grease, uh-huh. but actually what is too large to be absorbed through skin. So it means when you're, if you've got your hands in the sink for a long period of time, it's not, it's not hurting your hands. Uh, you've, you may have seen the duck campaign, uh, the Exxon Valdez spill years ago, where ducks were literally coated oh, yes. in oil. Yes, uh, yes, of course. Those were ducks with them washed in dawn because it was a gentle enough to remove the oil from their oh. feathers uh, without, uh, with, and help, help maintain and sustain their lives. So that was a, that's a very visual example that's yes. sort of lived on in a, from a marketing uh, standpoint. Um, The other thing, if I could just build on it, Roger, that's so important, too, is um, a brand for the the sake of a brand only gets you so far. Yes, it's nice to be recognized, but then you do have to have an impact on the business. And we talk a lot about every experience counts. And I think restaurants talk and hotels talk about providing a great experience. Experience, and what, for us, the experience hits three different columns, different vectors. One is the patron, uh, the person coming into the, to the location. one is the employee doing the cleaning, and then the third is the the owner of the business and We really want to make sure that we 're hitting each and every one of those to uh, so take an example from hotels when a guest gets into bed and sheets have been washed and tied and downy it 's a different experience they can, they can smell the freshness they, they feel softer it 's not a scratchy towel it 's a soft towel. But the person doing the laundry down in the basement of a laundry room, when they're folding and pulling out hundreds of towels and sheets out of a washer and dryer every day, the fact that their hands don't hurt and aren't roar at the end of the day because they've been washed in a, a near neutral pH solution, and the fact the laundry room smells pretty good versus what it smelled like before, that yeah, right. keeps that person smiling. They're going to be a better co worker for the other housekeepers, and that has a knock on effect to the overall business. And that's where we finally get to the owner of the business to say, My guests are happy, my staff is happy and that's gonna help drive business. So that's what we mean by every experience counts. And I think you asked earlier, what advice would I give to to restaurants or to business owners? I I talked a lot about, you know, figuring out the revenue stream and the budget, but that guest experience, keep those personal notes going, you know, touches like that, reassuring uh, your end users that you're here for them. I'm I'm sure they will pay you back in spades as as we do that. So really focusing on that experience, continuing to look for with a growth mindset,
1: how can we improve, um, I think is an important piece. this takes me way back 40 years ago, because my very first job when I was in high school was a dishwasher at a country club. And I can tell you that 40 years ago, I don't believe that the dish liquid technology is anywhere near what it was today. And that was quite challenging and frustrating. And that is definitely one of the hardest jobs in any restaurant, being a dish guy. And I remember it wasn't long before I was actually promoted to bartender, thankfully. And obviously, that that tip very well and and it was more of a relationship thing getting to know the members of the club but i was a conscientious person and you know my parents always taught me to work hard and to give everything your best and i did that even though it was a really hard job so i guess i didn't have the advantage of having dawn professional 40 years ago but (laughs) thankfully (laughs) dishwashers today do
0: they, they do, they do, and um, they're still working cr- incredibly hard. And again, I asked to do multiple things. So uh, it's, a, it's a great way to see the operation and learn the business, though, isn't it? I mean, you really have a, an appreciation. Definitely. and I can't tell you the number of franchisees that I've met who started off just like your story. I started off as a dishwasher, and now they may own 20, 30 restaurants. It's, it's just uh, tremendous to see uh, how one thing can build to the other. And, and I think that ability to relate to the staff, and like you said earlier, keep your employees happy is, is critical.
1: You know, that's another great point. And I have another story to share with the audience. And maybe some of them have heard this before. But again, it's so inspired. So my very first restaurant was in 1994. And my very first employee was a 15-year-old dishwasher. And this kid had so much initiative, and you could just tell he wanted to learn everything he could, and he surrounded himself with us as owners, and he asked lots of questions. And I kind of took him under my wing and mentored him over the years. But I'd say within three weeks, he was sending the credit card batch, locking the doors, setting the alarm, letting us as owners go home, and we had complete trust and faith in this kid. Well, he lasted in our business, working for us for 16 years. And 16 years later, as he worked his way up to be kitchen manager of two of my restaurants, he left to own his own restaurant, which is a really inspiring story because this business can take you anywhere with or without a formal education. You can start off in the dish pit and end up owning a chain of restaurants and build an empire just based on that word hospitality and being motivated and inspired and learning and just absorbing the business. So. I know there's lots of success stories out there. I'm sure you could share a few of your own. Oh, that's so
0: true. And we talked about reaching your full potential. There's no better example than that one. That's that's spot on.
1: Well, Paul, I've really enjoyed talking with you. Did we miss anything? Is there anything else you'd like to share with the audience? No, I um, I think we've covered
0: uh, a lot of topics here. I hope this was interesting for your uh, for your audience. And um, you know, it, it is a uh, it's a team sport, and uh, the, the passion we have for the industry. And the importance that restaurants and hotels play in our community, in our economy, uh, keeps uh, my team fueled. Uh, we do see a bright future. It's been a it's been a tough year. Uh, we all need to be good corporate citizens in our community or in the world that we play in. So whether that's sustainability efforts, whether that's being a force for good by helping organizations that are, are in need of help, those are things that I have seen time and time again from throughout the industry. There are so many businesses that are so so involved, and in, whether it's a Feeding America or other causes in, there, in, the, in the industry, we can be a force for change as well. Obviously, we have to get our own uh, business healthy and strong and growing again, mm-hmm. uh, but let's not lose this sense of community and impact that we can have Uh, i think if nothing else the the pandemic has taught us how critical and what a vibrant role we play we've always known that the restaurant hospitality is is critical but it's been even more accented or accentuated i should say uh over the last 12 months so roger it's been an honor to spend some time with you i really enjoyed getting to chat with you and uh next time I'm up in Boston, maybe we can meet up in Maine and I'll check out that burger place you mentioned earlier.
1: Yeah. Let's, let's stay in touch, Paul. You added tremendous value to our audience. Lots of nuggets, lots of learnings and key information and best practices there. And I learned more about Dawn than I knew before I started using the product. So thanks for sharing. Great. Well, thank you for your business. We appreciate it. (laughs) Absolutely. That was the Restaurant Rockstars podcast. Thank you so much to our audience for tuning in and we'll see you in the next episode. You know, in my over two decades of running restaurants, if I've learned anything, it's about the importance of innovation and constantly staying ahead of what your competitors are doing, as well as putting key systems in place that run your operation and really dial it in. There are three things that I believe are absolutely essential to run a successful restaurant. I call them the fundamentals. Number one, cost controls and profit maximization, really understanding your critical numbers. Number two, staff training, development, recognition, and rewards to build what I call your dream team staff that are empowered, that treat your restaurant like they owned it and as if they uh, had to pay for everything. It's really incredible. And number three, what I like to call marketing firepower and affinity. (laughs) That's giving your customers lots of reasons to come back as well as building new and repeat business. All of these systems are available in one turnkey package at restaurantrockstars.com. It's called the Restaurant Rockstars Academy, so check that out. And by the way, you've heard this before, but I love talking shop with operators, so why not reach out to me one-on-one, Roger, R-O-G-E-R, at restaurantrockstars.com, and let's set a date. I offer a 30-minute no-obligation consultation. We can just talk shop. We can talk about your challenges, your pain points. If I can help, I'd love to do So, thanks again to Paul Edmondson for being our guest this week in the episode, and thanks again to Dawn Professional for sponsoring this episode. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to to the the Restaurant Restaurant Rockstars podcast. For lots of great resources, head over to RestaurantRockstars.com.
0: See you next time.